Life is a journey. Rascal Flatts says it's a highway. Life is a journey. And I want us to spend the next four weeks looking at that journey, looking at how the choices we make along the way affect our destination, looking at who we have to go on the journey with us, what we need to carry with us along the way. This all kind of got started with a Facebook post. I, I wrote a Facebook post that said, I'm working on an idea for a sermon series. Maybe you could help me out. Let's say you're going on a journey. What do you need to know? And I got a lot of responses. We had a lot of very interesting responses to that simple question. You're going on a journey. What do you need to know? And I took all of those responses and I summarized them. And then I categorized them. And then I used those categories to structure a, a four-week series called The Journey. Following Jesus is a lifelong journey filled with twists and turns and ups and downs. It's been said that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. God is calling each of us to take the next step in our faith journey. Remember, it's not just the destination that matters. It's the journey. And so this morning, I want us to start The Journey Begins. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. If you have your copy of Scripture with you, you might want to turn over to Matthew 9, 9. If you use our uh, event in the Bible app, um, it's there for you. You can find it in the menu of the Bible app. Pull up this morning's event and follow along that way. But the journey begins, and we're going to start in Matthew 9 at verse 9. Jesus passed on from there. He saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. The journey begins with an invitation. Follow me. Now, I picked the verse that talked about Matthew, but we could have picked other verses in which Jesus called other disciples with the very same invitation. The journey begins with an invitation, follow me. And as disciples of Jesus Christ this morning, I want us to consider that invitation. I want us to look at it very carefully as we think about what all is involved in the invitation that Jesus gives us to follow me. And the first thing I notice is that it, it reminds us, it tells us that he leads us. The invitation is, follow me, which means he's going to be the leader. We just played follow the leader with the kids. It would not have done any good or made any sense for me to say to the kids, okay, kids, you get up and then, and then walk around here and act silly and say hi to Rusty and go around and act like a play. It, would have, it wouldn't have made any sense at all. But instead, I got up, I said, now watch me. Do what I do, go where I go. And that is the invitation for discipleship. Understand that real discipleship is not understanding a lot of stuff. 
I think that's a mistake that many people make and they stay, they, they stay kind of back in the, in, in the shadows and, and, and they stay uh, quiet and alone because they think they don't know enough stuff. Understand, discipleship is not really about what you know, it's more about who you know. And so he says, follow me. Why? Because he's going to lead us. And we can follow him, we can watch him, we can do the things he does, and we can think the way he thinks. We can go where he would go, do what he would do. We follow Jesus. That is, by the way, what it means to be a disciple. It is to be a student follower. A disciple is going to follow the teacher, the rabbi, so that when the rabbi has something to say, the student won't miss it. That's what it is to be a disciple. So when he calls us to follow me, we notice, first of all, the most obvious thing, and that is that he will lead us. In Psalm 25, this is a great prayer that I think probably each of us should pray on a regular basis as a disciple. We can pray to him, make make me to know your ways. Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Man, what if we started every day with that prayer? Every day we start that prayer. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Show me the way you want me to go today. Help me to understand what it is you want me to understand. Lead me in your truth. Teach me because I don't understand enough of of who you are. You are the God of my salvation. You're going to save me. You're going to deliver me from not knowing where to go and what to do. I'll follow you, but Lord, would you lead? What an incredible prayer that each of us could pray because he leads us. And so we can ask him to help us to follow. In John 8, Jesus spoke to them and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's pretty hard to go from point A to point B in the dark. And he says, if those, those who follow me won't have to wander around in life kind of wandering in the dark. Without him, without any direction, without any purpose or plan, We're just kind of on our own. We're just kind of floundering. We're trying to make ends meet and go from one day to the next. But when we follow him, we get to experience the light of the world. And now we're journeying with the light. And so things make sense. We understand. We see where we're going and what we're doing. It is to walk in the light of the world, is to experience his presence because he is there leading us. As he invites us to follow me, and not only tells us that he leads us, it also tells us that we don't have to find our own way. Now that's good news. We don't have to find our own way. We don't have to figure this life out on our own. Because, you know, the truth is, every time we try to figure this life out on our own, we mess something up. We don't get it right. And we take action or we make a decision based on misinformation. Because you, by yourself, cannot fully get this life figured out. 
And the truth is you don't have to. Because his, his invitation is not, hey, you, if you want to prove to me that you are mine, then go yonder and I'll meet you over there. That was never the kind of direction he gave. No, from the very beginning, from the initial invitation, it is follow me, be with me. You don't have to find your way. All you have to do is look at me. Jesus says you don't have to understand the world around you. You just have to want to be with me. We don't have to find our own way. Because he leads, we can follow. And so we're reminded of Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, see that? In all your ways, as you're going through life, step by step, day by day, the places you go, the things you do, the way you think, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You don't have to see the big picture. You don't have to know the map. You just have to know the guide. You just have to know Jesus. If in all your ways you will acknowledge him, then he will make your paths straight. The journey is following Jesus, accepting his invitation to follow him and to go where he goes. In that great invitation, we also learn that we don't get to see the itinerary. Isn't it interesting that he did not say to Matthew, Matthew, just in the next hour or two, you and I are both going to get in trouble for having dinner together. I just wanted you to know that up front. The Pharisees are going to get mad at both of us because you're a sorry, stinking tax collector and I'm supposed to be so good that I would never hang out with a tax collector. So Matthew, I want you to know ahead of time they're not going to like you. And then, by the way, Matthew, I want you to know, I want you to follow me. I want you to commit your life to me. But you also need to know that in a couple of years, they're going to kill me and it's going to scare you so bad you're going to run. And then, Matthew, I wanted you to know that not too long after that, they're going to kill you. Now, follow me and let's go. See, we don't get the itinerary, and there's a reason we don't get the itinerary, because you and I couldn't handle the itinerary. We couldn't handle it if he said, here's what's going to happen next year and five years and ten years. All he says instead is, you need to trust me, follow me. And so we, we see how that, how that worked in the lives of others in... Uh, uh, that, that address is wrong. This is actually Genesis 12 and 1. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I, I've, I've showed you this verse before because it is such a powerful verse and it has had such an incredible impact on my life. He says to Abram, Abram became the father of the nation from which our Messiah came. You and I could not know God in a personal way without Jesus. Jesus would not have been born had it not been for Israel. Israel would not have existed had it not been for Abram saying, yes, sir. 
And to what did he say, yes, sir? The invitation, get up, leave everything you know, and go somewhere I'll show you later. No itinerary, no plan. You see, the way you and I usually work is we want to say, God, I want to follow you. I want to follow you. I want to be your, your child. Jesus, I want to be your disciple. You give me the plan, and once I see the plan, I'll decide if that's for me or not. That's the way we usually think, because that's the way we do business. But that's not the way it works for a disciple. Jesus says to Matthew, follow me. And the last part of that verse, the last part of verse 9, Matthew left the table and, went and followed Jesus. No itinerary, no plan, no explanation, because it's not about the plan. It's not about where I'm headed and what my life is all about. It's always about Jesus and a relationship with him. It's always about Jesus and a relationship with him. Same thing happened to the people of Israel. Once Abram accepted the call and he did what God called him to do, this nation was born. And, and this nation then, uh, at, at, at a major point in their lives, had to wander through the wilderness. And there were reasons for that we don't have time for this morning. But they had to go through the wilderness for many years. And as they wandered through the wilderness, the cloud would lead them by day. Pillar of fire would lead them at night. And when it was time to stop during the day, the cloud would settle down on them. And as long as the cloud was on top of the tabernacle, that's where they lived. And when it was time to move, the cloud would lift and the people would move. And when the cloud came down, they would stop. And so in Exodus 40, it says, throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out. He never did say, you're going from here to yon, and you're going to get from here to yon by taking this route. He always just said, let's go. And they followed. And that's the way he works, because it requires of us a great deal of faith. We put our trust in the only one who has the big picture. We trust in the only one who sees what we can't. We take one step of obedience at a time. I do think Jesus calls us to specific things, to specific uh, tasks, to specific places at specific times, but I think he does it one at a time. He says, okay, now it's time for you to move here. And we move there, and he says, well done. Now it's time for you to move here. Well done. We say, Jesus, why didn't you just tell me to go from there to here? Why did I have to go there? Not your business. You're not God. Jesus says, okay, you, you did well. Now take the next step. Go over here, and we go there. One step of obedience at a time is the life of a disciple. As he calls us to follow him, we also see in that invitation that he is with us on the journey. Notice he says, follow me, meaning you're going to be with me. 
We get to do this thing together. And so the psalmist says in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He's with me on the journey. That's how I know I can complete the journey. That's how I know I can go from place A to place B to place C. I can trust him each step along the way because he's with me. In John in chapter 16, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The way Jesus leads us today is in the, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He guides us along life's journey. We don't have to figure it out on our own, and we never have to take a step by ourselves. He is with us on the journey. And then we also notice as he calls us to follow him, we recognize that there is, that is an invitation. We have to decide. Again, as I pointed out to you the last part of, of that verse 9, after Jesus called Matthew, he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Matthew made a decision. He made his choice. He got up and followed him. When Jesus called the fishermen, he called the fishermen with the same invitation, follow me. And the Bible says they dropped their nets and followed him. They made their decision. We have that choice to accept the invitation or to reject Jesus Christ. It was interesting that many of the responses to my Facebook post uh, fell under the category of cost. If you're going to take a trip, what's one thing you need to know? How much it's going to cost. i got to decide, can I afford this trip? Is this, uh, is this something I'm willing to invest in? you got to know the cost. The same thing is true of discipleship. When Jesus says, follow me, he wants us to count the cost, to decide, is this journey worth it to me? Or do I want to just sit at my tax collector table and let him go? We have to count the cost. That phrase that we're so familiar with, count the cost, comes from Luke 14. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. The context of that verse in, in Luke chapter 14 is discipleship. He's calling people to follow him. And he said, for some of you, that's going to mean you've got to leave your mama. For some of you, that means you've got to walk away from family to follow me. To the rich young ruler, it meant that he would have to leave all of his worldly goods behind. You have to count the cost because following him requires a sacrifice. What does it require of us? Us. If you're going to really become Jesus' disciple, then your life gets put aside. And you no longer live for you. Now you live for him. Are you willing to pay that price? Luke chapter 9 explained it. He said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself 
take up his cross daily and follow me. The invitation to follow me is not a cheap and easy invitation. It costs. We have to be willing to say, yes, I am no longer about me. Now I'm about you. My life, whether, whether I'm a plumber or a carpenter or a coach or a teacher or a tax collector. From now on, from this day forth, my life is not my life, it's yours. I deny myself, take up the cross. Notice that that is daily. Take up your cross daily means that being a disciple does not happen just on a, on, on, a, on a moment on Sunday morning when you walk down the aisle. That might be the beginning of the journey, but that's not discipleship. Discipleship is every single day. Today I choose to take up my cross, which means I'm sacrificing John, and I'm living for Jesus every single day day. Every day that I make that choice, I get to take another step in my journey. And that step gets me closer to him, and it keeps me in his plan for my life, knowing that one of these days, I'll make it all the way home. And that's the last thing that we can learn this morning from the invitation, follow me. We can follow him all the way home. Jesus does not say, follow me, and then he gets us halfway and he says, okay, now you've learned enough, you're on your own. The invitation, follow me, is an invitation that lasts a lifetime. When we get up from our tax collecting table and we start to follow Jesus, we can follow him all the way, the rest of our lives. We follow him all the way the way home. Probably the most common or most popular category of responses to my Facebook post dealt with the destination. If you're going to take a trip, what do you need to know? Well, it'd be good to know where I was going. If I'm going to take a trip, I need to know where I'm headed. Isn't it great to know as a child of God that we already have been assured of our destination. We know where we're headed. Life is a journey. Let me ask you something very personal. This is just between you and me, nobody else in the room. Let me just ask you. Life is a journey. When you get where you're going, where will you be? When you get where you're headed right now, where will you be? The Christ follower knows where his destination is. Paul referred to being at home with the Lord. The Christ follower knows that our destination is to be present with him for the rest of eternity. We can follow him all the way home, not because he knows the way, but because he is the way. In John chapter 14, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. If you remember that context, that's the last night that Jesus is meeting with his disciples. And he says, uh, he says guys, you know, you know where we're headed. And one of them says, hey, how can we know the way? How do we know where to go? 
And Jesus says, dude, I am the way. If you know me, you already got it figured out. I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's all about relationship with Jesus, always. Knowing him is to know the way. Knowing him is to know the truth. Knowing him is to know the life. Without him, there is no going. Without him, there is no knowing. Without him, there is no growing. But with him, there is the way, the truth, and the life. Being a true Christ follower means you are on a journey that leads to an eternal destination with him. He doesn't just show us the way, he shows us himself. He is the way. So it's all about a relationship with him. When we know him and follow him, we'll wind up where he intends us to be with him forever. See, it's, it's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. You can follow him or you can reject him. You have to choose. Understand that the choices you make about your journey will determine your destination. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I'd be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus. Do you know him today? Don't turn him away. Without him, how lost I would be.